Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is the Prophetess War. God bless each and every one of you today under the sound of my voice. We are recording in a new uh, podcast. Praise God. I'm hoping that you will enjoy it and receive the word that comes forth on today. We're coming from 1 Chron- Chronicles 29, verses 14 through 14. Amen. Praise God. And today we're talking about it all belongs to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I know you can agree that it all belongs to God. Everything that we see, how he is waking us up early in the morning and starts us on our way. Everything is made by him for him. Amen. And we were born to give him praise. Amen. So God bless each and every one of you. And let us get into the word. Let's start off in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I love you and bless you. We come to you as our humble hearts, O God, ready to receive a message from fresh manna from the heavens. In the name of Jesus, open up our spirit. Open up our understanding that we may receive on good ground, O God, that word that you've given us on today from 1 Chronicles 29 and verses 10 through 14. Praise God and thank God for everyone that is on the line. God bless and refresh them. Push the reset button and help them to, to the word to penetrate in their hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. So, beloved, the word of God comes uh, from the book of Chronicles, the first uh, book of Chronicles, where David's uh, <clears throat> final prayer of thanksgiving comes from. And in this prayer, David is expounding his understanding of his position in life. He's expounding his position of uh, release and surrender to who God is in his life and the plan and purpose that the Lord has for him. Praise God. And how God has revealed to him of how blessed he is and how he should uh, perceive the power and glory and authority that he operates in, in God. Amen. And it reads like this. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed are you, the Lord God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in is and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hands is power and might. In your hand it is to make great. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, O our God, we thank you and praise you, your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly at this? For all things come from you. 
and of your own we have given you. Amen. Praise God. What a wonderful uh, adoration uh, of uh, authority and uh, homage to the Lord that David is giving. He understands that all that he has, you know, as king belongs to God. All that he's about to gain, it belongs to God. And everything that he gives, it belongs to the Lord. Amen. In serious error is made when we, the, the body of Christ, uh, forget that we belong to God and that we didn't bring ourselves here. We came here with nothing, and by God, we leave here with nothing. Anything that we gain in the beat between coming here and leaving here, it stays here. Amen. So the only thing that we can really benefit from is what God has already said that we must accomplish. And it says to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is the lust of this life. Amen. Does that mean that we go about not have any pleasure in life? No, that does not what it means. However, what it does mean is that there is a specific plan and purpose for your existence my God. And so as Christians, some of us um, think and believe that our wallets belong in a separate, separate sphere, you know, when it comes to our money, you know, but the truth is that obedience to God includes how we handle our finances, how we handle our material items and our assets. The truth of the matter is he owns everything according to Haggai 2, 8 and Psalms 24, 1. Our cash, our possessions and the ways that we earn more uh, and our gifts are from the Lord. Our internal gifts, our spiritual gifts, you know, not just our physical things. Our spiritual being belongs to the Lord and we are simply his stewards. I just want to interject that we should be good stewards over what God has given us in this life. Amen. If you haven't not yet manifested a lot of material things, know that you are so valuable in your spiritual man and you must ascertain it. You must own it and begin to develop it. Amen. If you never get a a lot of things, material things in this life, You still have a spirit man that has to be developed. Praise God. And as a steward, a steward, what does what it, he oversees the use and the care of the asset. That's what a steward does. A steward oversees the use and the care of the asset, be it your spiritual care. You need to take care of your spirit man. And Titus, the word says to pray in the spirit. Many of us do not have our prayer language. So our spirit man is weak. And that means what? That we're weak to the devices of this world. We're weak in love. We're weak in relationship. We're weak in um, stewardship over our uh, incomes. We're weak in ascertaining uh, um, you know, uh, connections. We're weak in education. We're weak in career. 
we're weak in so in all the facets and categories of life. And the Bible says that the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eye are the three main categories that we fall subject to in this life. But the spirit man, when you fortify your spirit man, you can conquer all of these categories, the main categories, and all of the subcategories under it that I mentioned. And so as a wise steward uh, regarding our finances, with based on financial decisions upon our ownership and the rules that God has placed for us for using and multiplying material good, and he tells us how to do that. Bring your tithes into the storehouse. Bring your offering. Amen. Sow in good ground. Multiply yourself. Not just your monetary abilities, your spiritual abilities, your gift. Find out what your gift is. Amen. And begin to operate as someone who knows that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Begin to walk as someone who understands who he is and whose he is. God has woven financial principles into the fabric of the scripture. And some might say, okay, well, you're talking a lot about monetary things. Well, no, I'm not. I'm talking that everything belongs to God. I'm talking that your monetary ability, as well as your material ability and capacity to gain and apprehend and and, um, sustain becomes from the word of God. Amen. It comes from the foundation of the word of God. He's the one that has said, called a season for blessings over you, called blessings over our lives. He has a plan and he has a good and expected in it. He said, I came that you might have life and that life more abundantly. My God, not just when you get to heaven, but while you're living here during this time when you are pursuing him. And the plan that he has for your life, there are material gains that he has for you. There are blessings untold. However, we are not able to apprehend every blessing in the content that he's given it to us unless we know his word. And unless we know the plan of action, the strategy by which to gain it. Amen. And to keep it, not just to get it, but to keep it. Amen. It's one thing to get a job, but it's another thing to get a job and retire from it. It's one thing to get married, but it's another thing to stay married for 50 years. It's one thing to have a child, but it's another thing for that child to be uh, honorable and respectable and not a victim of circumstance in this life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's one thing to have a good education, but it's another thing for the education to be fulfilling for the kingdom of God within your plan, within his plan and purpose. Amen. And so with our gifts and abilities that God has given us when we first came, came here, praise God, when we came here as babies, amen. Now we've developed into adults and our gifts are supposed to develop too. And so that's why God would have you under a teaching such as this and with that woman of God, such as myself, that he has ordained for a time as this to catapult you into your destiny. 
by bringing to the fact and the knowledge and awareness that all things are expedient. All things, your finances, your relationship, your career, your children, your decisions on a daily basis has to do with the plan of God. Now we need to know how does that happen? How do we fit that in? How do we make our daily decisions and and concepts match up, meet up, and align with God's perfect will and plan for our lives? How do I tap into my purpose on a daily basis? And it's through God's word. It's through the word of God. Amen. So therefore, it's into the very fabric of the scripture. And since money touches nearly every aspect of life, amen, it is mentioned hundreds of times, amen, in different contexts in the word of God. And for example, God urges the Israelites to stay faithful in their teaching, in his teaching, and to avoid the trap of self-reliance. There we go. There's one trap of money. When we feel as though that everything that we do is because of us, um, because of who we are, and because we made it happen. Self-reliance. As I can't get it done if I don't do it. If you want something done, you got to do it yourself. I get the job done. You know, all of these self-motivations and and fleshly uh, accusations of, of self-reliance as though you are your plan and your purpose. As though God has not made it possible for you to exist. As though what you have came by you for you and for your plan and for your purpose for the life that you have. Amen. But the word of God says that your life is not your own, that you've been brought with a price. Praise God. And that all things belong to God made by him for him. You were made for him and for his plan and for his purpose. And that's why you exist. Praise God. And he is so loving and so kind and so gracious that he would allow you the choice to choose for him what he has planned for you. Amen. And when we choose for him, that's when we choose life and we choose the eternal life with him. When we choose without him, we choose to go in separation of him. And that means, unfortunately, means goes to hell. Amen. Because that's what it stands for. He can't be there in both places. He's not going to be in a place where he is not, uh, there were disobedience and sin is uh, popular. Where if you chose it, then that's what you want. You are where you want to be. Amen. You chose it. That's what you want. <laughs> that's what you want to be. If you don't want the rule, then you don't follow the rule. And what you choose is where you want to be. Amen. Well, I don't want that for me. I want everything that God has for me, including the eternal life and, and the heavenly plan that he has given for me. I pray that you choose it also, that you have also chosen it and you've declared it in your heart. Amen. And uh, he reminds us that these the power that we have in our decisions when we make 
uh, wealth decisions. It resides within uh, his ability um, to give it to us. Amen. Him rather than our own hands, according to Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. And so in the minute of a stewardship um, presumes that we can own the money he manages for us. The trouble is at hand. And so the minute a steward presumes that he owns the money that he handles, you present trouble. That's what that's saying. You're trouble. You put in trouble in the circumstance. When you presume that you own the money that is on your, in your hands, you have causing problems for yourself in the realm of the spirit. Because now you have uh, stopped the consulting of God, who is the actual owner, and the spending that he has set for it, the way he wants it to be spent. Amen. And even in trying to do good, the wayward steward is ruled by his short-sighted perspective rather than by God's omniscient view and gentle guidance of how things should go, how that money should be spent, how to, what do I do next with this last hundred dollars? Well, I got, you know, $6,000. What do I do? Do I go crazy and buy a rental car for a whole month and, uh, um, you know, get all the jewelries and the ZZ Easy's Jeezy's, I forgot what their name, <laughs> you know, just buy all the things that you really wanted and desired and, and just bless everybody with a piece of money and, and, uh, you know, pay your bills and just get rid of every dime that you have. Is that the right thing? But your credit tore up. Okay. Amen. And you got some things that have been pending, some fines and the, your, your license. You still don't have your license. You know, the Bible says do things decent and in order. You should have a desire to to collect all things, nothing missing and nothing broken, to get your credit straight, to get your things in line, and to definitely be led by the Lord on how to begin to approach every circumstance and scenario. Amen. And so he is willing, uh, you know, he, he you will suffer the consequences of choosing uh, the wrong way, but you will benefit in choosing his way over, uh, you know, when you suffer the consequences of choosing your way over God's way, amen, you suffer the consequences. It'll be the same thing every year. It'll be the same thing continuously. So faith and finances are intertwined. Faith and finances are intertwined. If you're taking notes, write that too. The bottom line is that we cannot keep our money out of God's hands because he holds it all. We simply manage it and we are to do so in a way that directs us to him where he gets the glory and a maturing believer trusts that the Lord's principles for using um, their finances and growing in wealth. We have to mature to believe and trust in God's way and his principles of growing in wealth. Amen. And so God bless each and every one of you. The word came today uh, as uh, 
the heavens gave that word. Amen. And I trust that you have received it and believed it in a time such as this. We can't teach on good things all the time. We can't teach a one-sided story. We have to tell the whole story, the truth and nothing but the truth. For it's the truth of God that will make us free. It makes us free to know the truth. God bless each and every one of you on today. This is Pastor Molina. God bless you. Until next time, stay tuned for the prayer. God bless you.